Hello, I'm your host, Leonard Duncan. Welcome to a new episode of ATV Talk and Motorsports Podcast. Please join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We bring you interviews with industry professionals, live events, live news about the motorsports industry in every episode. Enjoy the show. Whether we are out riding with our friends and family or racing in extreme environments, we all need good tires. That's why I recommend GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Greenball Corp. Their products, which include XC Master, Mini Master, and Groundbuster 3, are what leading professionals in the ATV UTV industry are using. You can get your tires at greenballtires.com or find them on Instagram as GBC Tires for further inquiries. Chad Weenan, welcome to ATV Talk, brother. How are you? Hey, Leonard. You know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just We're still here in Florida. Uh, it's, the weather's been great. Man, It's I can't ask for much more on that end. And the family's healthy and I'm healthy. I'm getting back to health. So it's we're, we're doing just fine. Thanks. Did Does your wife know that you're not of Earth? Because a human man doesn't work the way you're working right at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, I think a lot of it's mental and like how bad you want it, and you know, it's uncertain, un, un, unfortunate circumstances that happen. But man, I'm, I'm feeling pretty lucky to be able to bounce back the way that I did. Yeah, that it's pretty incredible. So the season started out great. You, you you came out of Daytona with a two. The points were close. You're striving for your ninth title. I know it's going to be an epic battle between you and Joel. Mm-hmm. When you went into Gatorback, um, everything was was good. I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was uh, you know going into that race, even though the track conditions were not like. They weren't like my favorite, but man, I felt very comfortable on the track. I knew like in qualifying, like how good I felt on the machine and how much command I had on the machine was like more than I probably had on those conditions in a long, long time. So I was like, man, we're going to be racing today. (laughs) I know that. That's, that's awesome. Um, you, you, you qualified really well. Um, you said you didn't technically like the um, track conditions. What about Gatorback wasn't wasn't your favorite? Well, I mean, like the track was like, I mean, it was more firm. It's very, it was like a very firm surface. Like they they kind of left the track the way that it was on Friday because of the potential of rain coming in. So they, which I liked it that they did that because it made like the track pretty gnarly the next day which they left a lot like a lot of the bumps and kept it pretty firm so it's like like my style of track is more of like a sandy loose base that keeps digging and gets really nasty rough and this is more like almost like a pothole type rough mm-hmm. so like with me like it's um like i feel like i can use my legs a lot more in like a rougher deeper condition so I feel I tend to like those conditions more. So kind of a blue groove, hard pack TT track with potholes in it. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, some pretty good size jumps on it too. Wow. Um, that race actually 
you know, if you think about it, five of you guys in the pro class uh, had some type of injury at the end. You know, unfortunately, you and you and Joel were fighting for the same piece of dirt in the first turn. Yeah, I mean, it was I mean, um, I think both of us knew how important track position was going to be that day. And both of us came out of the start. You know, I mean, we were the two out front and, you know, we both picked pretty far inside gates. Uh, that was like my kind of, you know, thought process going up, going into the race was I was going to start to the inside of them and see if I can at least get a wheel on them and, and try to control the first turn from there. And I'm sure he wanted to pick a gate that was far enough inside that I wasn't going to go inside of them, but you know, that's, that's what I did. And going into that first turn, uh, Joel carried a pretty heavy wheelie, like going into the first turn. And once he set that down, we, I really sucked up right up next to him. And, um, before I, before we knew it, like, I'm I'm getting like less and less track to work with. And I'm like driving off to the inside of the track. And, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't relinquishing any room for me. So it, it kind of, you know, started us, you know, doing quite a bit of contact and rubbing, which was wheel to wheel, but eventually like it catapulted him off of his machine. And I actually, when I felt like that happened, I was like, well, like, I feel like I'm going to ride away from this just fine. I'm going to basically be on, you know, I might not get the whole shot, but I'm going to be like, all right, I'm going to be on four wheels. and before I knew it, I was like slammed to the ground and trying to get back up. Like wind knocked out of me pretty bad and <laughs> just trying to put my arms in the bars. I was like, ah, that doesn't feel right. That's not, that's not a good feeling. So I just continued on and tried to survive the rest of that moto. When you say you were trying to survive the rest of the moto, knowing that you were injured, or did you not understand you were that injured? Oh, I, I definitely knew I was pretty badly injured just because I could feel like the movements in my shoulder of like a bone not being connected anymore. And, right. you know, even though, you know, I was like, I'm out here, I'm going to finish this, whether I got to roll every jump or I'm going to try and, you know, jump the smoother jumps that I can and, you know, put up with, you know, the, the pain that I do have. and see if I can gather at least some points out of it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what I did. Wow. That it, you, you came across the line in I believe 17th on the yes. on moto one. And then how long did it take you to decide that you were not going to race moto two? Well, um, I, I, I came in from that race and got back to my truck and, uh, got off the machine. I was like, man, I, I'm like, uh, can't remember who was there first. I think Thomas Brown was there first. And he's like, dude, you all right. I'm like, no man, I'm broken. And he's like, you what? I'm like, I'm, I'm broke. Like I, I believe my collarbones broke. And, um, so we went to the medic and they confirmed that I definitely had a broken collarbone because the, the way it was poking at the, the skin. And, uh, so we were sitting there kind of talking what, what we we're going to do next. And, uh, the medic said, Hey, like you should go to the hospital. They'll, they'll fix this. Like they'll, they'll do an operation on you. And that's what I was thinking. Like, you know, if I get an operation, you know, that same day, I can get back on the mend and I can heal up, you know, 
try to heal up as quickly as possible. And that was my thought process. And then we go to like, we drive to the hospital. Thomas gives me a ride with my wife, Danica. We hit the hospital and um, we go to the ER and, you know, x-rays the whole the whole deal it's it's kind of a you know it's protocol to them but it was a long drawn out process and eventually i found out that they won't do an operation because it's not a compound fracture so and i find that out a little before like four o'clock and i'm like i'm like man like i should have just stayed back and rolled around the second moto and try to accumulate you know a couple points a couple more points and uh, you know, in that, in that position, I, I, you know, I was kind of devastated that they wouldn't fix it right there. I wanted to go in an operation, but that, I mean, that tells you how much, um, you know, I haven't been to the hospital very much for, for much, like, you know, for injuries. And, you know, this is actually the first time I've ever been to the hospital, you know, in my, uh, you know, 20 plus years of racing, you know, being at a racetrack, you know, being racetrack affiliated. Right, right. So you're you're asking them to fix it, and they won't do it. Yeah, they won't do it because uh, they said it's a high trauma alert uh, currently. With you know maybe the injuries that were coming in from the race, and then also um, must have been a uh, you know a hectic weekend at the hospital there, and so. They said if I if, if that a bone sticking out or if it was bleeding that they would have fixed it and I was like just give me a minute I will uh, I'll get this bone out and you can then we can fix it then because uh, just that's the determination that I had that I wanted to get it fixed as soon as possible and you know so we had it back we had it back they gave me a sling and some medication to take if I if the pain got bad and I'm not a big medication guy so I you know I. I didn't, I didn't even take any of it. And, um, I probably should have that night trying to sleep because it was pretty miserable, but, uh, yeah, we found out, um, you know, later, later that night that I was going to fly to, uh, Pennsylvania to go get, go get my carbone plated. And, uh, that was going to be on Tuesday the following week. Right. And you got it, uh, you got a well for lack of a better term i call it a gusset kit you know <laughs> you know when your frame breaks you put a gusset on it well yeah your bones broke and they put a gusset on it yeah yeah they, they definitely did that and um man doc my doctor did a great job and i was uh and i told him what my my plan was and he was he was on board with it you know because he's like man you're, you're you're in great health you know, you just do the things that I tell you and you can definitely be able to do that, what you wanted to do and, you know, be in pain tolerant. Like if you're able to put up with the pain, like it's not going anywhere unless you do have a, a big get off that or a big hit that would make it either bend or break, uh, the plate. So, uh, they, him and my chiropractor, we were both like on this, we're all on the same page and I went through several treatments to try and keep, try to speed up the the healing process. And, you know, it was, uh, they said, as long as I can put up with as much treatment as I could, like it's going to help me. So I, I tried to be there as much as I could to try and, uh, try and get this process going. And 
bounce back as quick as I could. Did you, uh, when you say treatment, that were there laser or uh, electro uh, electric? I yeah. can't even say the word. Where they yep. use electricity or magnets to to help the the bone heal faster. Yeah, like so. There's a lot of like laser treatments, a uh, little bit of acupuncture. Uh, we did like a we use a tens unit quite a bit, like, and then obviously icing and. They like they told me they're like, well, we we don't want your arm in a sling too much because we don't want you to lose your mobility and strength. Like it's not gonna go anywhere, but when you need to rest it, that's when you need to have it in the sling. And like, yeah, like it was uh, you know, like massage therapy to try and get like a lot of the swelling out of it. And, you know, it was uh it was painful at times, I will say that, but like I would say after like, you know, week, week one, like I was able to kind of, I was really started able to like use my arm and, um, you know, I, I would like sit on my, my machine and kind of like, you know, pushing the bars back and forth and getting used to like you doing those motions again. And it was, uh, yeah, just trying to do everything I could to try and be as normal as I've been, you know, for as long as I've been. Did the doctor give you any other special exercises to work the muscles or anything like that? Yeah, like um, it was more of like my doctor, actually my chiropractor said, I want you on the machine, uh, you know, 10 days after the operation. I want you to be, whether it's just riding a turn track or, you know, doing that. And then like I kind of took my steps of you know, riding a stationary bike, uh, that was like the day after my operation and then ride that for a couple of days. I, then I got on like my road bike and then do that for a couple of days. And then I hopped on my mountain bike, you know, and just trying to, you know, where it's not like heavy weights and then also like using a lot of bands, like a bands for, um, you know, stability and like also just trying to have that, like use that resistance of the exercise bands and trying not to like lifting heavy weight, but just having that resistance and um, engaging those muscles again. That, that had to have been super painful. It was, it was. And, you know, I feel like I got a pretty high to pain tolerance and you knew when it was not feeling good. Like, gosh, like we, um, like I would ice it probably like three, four times a day. And, you know, the worst part was in the morning, like the morning, it, like for the first, like two hours, it was so achy. I think because of like, you know, sleeping, you're kind of flat on your back and you're really stretching out, man. When I would get up, I was like, like this thing's, this thing's like terrible right now. But, you know, it's it's part of the process of, uh, you know, breaking a bone like that and trying to try to get try, it, it. It requires a lot. It requires like four weeks rest. So I didn't have that time to do that. Well, isn't that normally a six to eight week downtime on a collarbone? Norm you wouldn't race. You would oh, yeah. you'd yeah. be off of everything for four to six weeks. Right. Yeah. Like they they. They told me like a month, a month to, you know, to six weeks, like you said, like of, you know, 
not like putting it under like high stress and kind of just letting it basically be in limp mode to let it heal. And, you know, doctor said it might, uh, you know, if you, if you get after this well enough that it will heal enough that you can start doing those things early enough. He's like, you're in good enough shape. And he, he also suggests, you know, like, like start to moving it because it'll create the blood flow, which will help the bone grow. So, you know, trying to move it and getting flexibility and, you know, I like taking calcium, calcium pills and stuff like that to try and, you know, keep that bone growing and growing back together. That sounds, it, that sounds great because I've heard of other athletes with injuries going through similar treatments and they come back faster because they stay active. Yep. Yeah. Like and, if you're already, if you're already active, they stay like, you know, keep that activity. Don't slow it down because, you know, with your, you know, with your constant blood flow and you keeping your heart, you know, pumping and it's going to help it, you know, heal faster. Um, I know that this isn't all about ATV racing and, and for anybody that's listening, this is great for athletes. You should all listen to this and, and take away from the, the things that Chad did here to make himself healthy and, and so that he can keep racing. If you're an amateur, I wouldn't recommend it, but if you're a professional, you got to do because this is, this is where the bread and butter is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, being that it's, you know, it was that early in the season that, like for me, like that's how I make my living and provide for my family. And it's, uh, you know, I know it's not all about that, but if I'm able to, I'm going to, you know, and, uh, and I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty, like a really good, like listener to my body. And, you know, I'm, I was very well aware of what was going on. And, uh, you know, I had my mental, my mental estate was in a good place that, you know, I had my goal set. And I chased after it. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of doctors are pretty old school where they, they want you sitting around and they don't want that chance of like, you know, hurting that re-injuring that, you know, your collarbone again, and, you know, taking longer for it to heal. And uh, I liked it at my doctor and my chiropractor were both very like progressive that, uh, that's the way I am. Like, I, I don't like to sit around and just wait. I want to, I want to see if I can help it out as much as I can. That's pretty awesome. Uh, you talked about the massage therapy to get the blood flowing through there. That's also uh, a technique that uh, I've heard about for years and years through athletes. When you get swelling, that blood stagnates and mm -hmm. slows the healing process down. Yep. Yep. And yeah, I mean, we hit it from all angles of, you know, with the, you know, adding in that mass massage therapy. I did a lot of my stuff with, you know, like, um, uh, like mine's kind of like, it's like a, you know, a Theragun they call it. And it's, it's more of like a light, you know, kind of like trying to, you know, push out a lot of the trauma and stuff like that. And the, the inflammation and I use that. And then also like, I use like some scraping techniques with that as well. And so, um, my wife is very good with that. And I use like cupping as well. And, you know, just trying to, trying to keep, uh, those inflamed areas to go down and so that you can get, cause you know, once you get rid of the inflammation, I feel like you're kind of like on your way back to like a, a good, uh, a good form and a good feel in your, in, you know, in my situation.
so you guys, did you guys stay in Florida? Um, your base was in Florida while you're re- recovering. Yes. Yeah. I stayed in Florida. Um, we, we did think about going back home, but the weather didn't really entice us to go back to Illinois just yet. But, um, yeah, I mean, we had uh, great people where we, where we were at and we kind of just ran with that. And I didn't want life to change because of what happened to me, you know, for, for my family and myself, you know, and, you know, well, I'll, I'll give you a story. Like we were on our way back home from Gatorback and we already planned a, you know, a two day Disney trip with the family because we had a couple of weeks off and we were going to try and enjoy the, that little bit of time. And Thomas is driving my motor home. I mean, he's going to drive it over to Daytona and, you know, I've, I'm sitting there thinking myself, I'm like, man, like, I'm not going to be able to get this fixed, you know, in the next, you know, you know, it was Saturday night. I'm like, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to get it fixed in the next two days. So I'm like, let's just go to Disney and not change those plans because of, you know, what happened to me. And I'm glad that we did because it kept my mind off of it. You know, I was more, more in tune with like, you know, my kids enjoying themselves and uh, walking around Disney with them. And, you know, they had a great time and I'm glad that, you know, we decided to do that because, you know, like mentally I didn't want to sit there and, you know, uh, be in like, a cause my, I mean, my shoulder's still broken. So I'm just kind of sitting there and I'd be thinking about it a lot and I didn't want to be doing that. And it was more of like, I wanted to be more in, in tune with my family and, and be around them. And, uh, just glad that I pursued that. So you used it as mental therapy. Yeah. to keep you from getting down and depressed. Yeah. You got to enjoy your children. Um, and, and, and how did, how did all that go over with your wife? You know what? Like, uh, Danica, she trusts me so much and it's, it's, um, it's, it's very awesome that, you know, that she does that because, you know, you know, some, some would be like, you know, very, like, um, against maybe like, you know, me doing that or me deciding that because she's like, I'm going to be taking care of you too and taking care of the kids. So I'm like, like, no, I'll be fine. Like, I'm going to still go to Disney with you guys. Like I'm going to push a stroller around and stuff like that. And last thing I need to be doing is just sitting there and doing nothing. And she's, uh, she's very headstrong too. And, you know, we're a good team with that. And, um, yeah, I mean, she, she trusts me, like, you know, she knows that I have more control, like racing than, you know, most do going down the, down the road in a car. So, and, um, you know, when things do go wrong, she doesn't get like panicked or anything like that. She knows that, um, I'm a pretty strong guy and I know that, you know, mentally it's whether, you know, after this happened, I didn't have like repercussions of like being scared or, you know, returning to racing because of what happened. And, um, you know, I think that's important. I still, I saw the fire in me to, to go after it. That's awesome to hear. Um, so (laughs) the relationship between you and Joel is not the greatest anyways. You are fierce competitors. You're not friends per se. Um, when need be like on with TMUSA, your acquaintances, um, this probably didn't help that relationship any, did it? <laughs> well, um, I know like after the accident happened, he really, he pointed a lot of fingers at me and, you know, after he watched the video, 
of it. He's like, he's like, man, like, I think he figured out that we were both going for it. None of us wanted to give. And, um, I think he came to, came to that conclusion. And like, after, like, after the moto went on, like, like Joel was really upset. He was yelling over my pit and like yelling at my dad. And I was like, I wasn't around. So I was like at the medic and I come back and, you know, I was told this when I got back after the hospital and I'm like, man, like, that's not good. Like, I, I don't want that. And, you know, I walked over his motorhome, knocked on the door and we had a, like a, a civilized conversation about the whole, what went on. And, you know, I think that was good because he was calmed down, you know, after the race weekend, you know, his race was done and, you know, I was, you know, wanting to let him know that that's like, I want him to know that I'm not going to jeopardize his, like his health, or I'm not going to jeopardize my health to try and get a whole shot or try and win a race. You know, like I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, I told him I'm going to race you hard, but I'm not going to try to put you on the ground. And, um, you know, we both came to that, that agreeance and, um, you know, I'm sure he knows that, you know, he's got a very big gap on me, but like, I'm going to come fighting this whole, this whole season to try to get it back. I know that. So let's get into Texas then practice comes around first qualifying. Did you have any idea how your body was going to hold up? Um, like I wrote, I've been able, I was able to ride like three days prior to the event, um, starting a week before the event. Like I rode that Saturday before, and that was like a very light ride, like a turn track ride. And, uh, you know, after leaving that day, I was like, man, like I got a lot of work to do if I'm going to be able to get back to a good enough form to go race with these guys. And every day I rode, I rode like, you know, another day. And then I rode another day after that. And it was like, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get there. Like I'm, I'm jumping things. I'm doing things that I normally do. And, um, like I knew that I was going to have three days of travel, you know, and like leading up to the race day and I was going to have the, the, those days to rest. And I knew that that was going to help me and, you know, getting there on, and then heading into that qualifier, I was, you know, my goal was to go out there and put at least one good lap in for, for, for a time. And like, I felt well enough that I put two in. So I was like, well, like, I'm going to try to do that same thing. This next qualifier, you know, work on, just go out and circulate and look for lines, look for, you know, look for any, like anything that could help me during the motos and like to maybe because like, you know, I haven't been able to train very hard or ride very hard leading up to that. So I needed to make sure that I could save my energy, save my shoulder as much as I could, because it was, uh, it was in a recovery, uh, st like a state. So I went out there and I just, kind of put in my laps and, you know, focused on my whole shots a lot. And, you know, that, that really panned out for me that day. I know that. That's outstanding because that helped you get a better gate pick as well. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like I guess the first heater that I put in, I put in, I was P2 and I'm like, Oh man, like, I'm like that lap didn't feel that great. And then I'm P2. So I'm like, you know, as long as I can get in the top five, like, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm going to, 
I, I, I didn't know exactly where I was going to stack up because I didn't know like the condition of myself leading up into up to that. And then also when I was on track, like everything in front of me, like forward bumps, everything felt fine. But once I started turning and like extending my arm out was like, Ooh, like I don't have a lot of strength there. So it's like, I got to try and try not to like get too aggressive, you know, on my, you know, my left-hand turns was a big one for me. So, so that took some away from your speed through oh. the, the, through the motos. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> I, I would be riding through turns and I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to get on the gas. Like I should be getting the gas now. And like, it felt like an eternity went by and then I get on the gas eventually once I get going more straight. So like with that, you know, my mental state was there, but my physical was like, no, like you need to not do that because you know, the, the track conditions were really like soft and like, uh, gra- like very grabby and ruddy. So like with that, it was, it was very difficult to be like, to really push and see what you have, because if something did grab and go the wrong way, I don't think I was going to have a whole lot of strength to be able to get it corrected and be able to ride it out. Wow. That's crazy. Um, first moto, where'd you come out on the first lap? Uh, I came out second right out of the start and I held second, you know, that whole first lap. And I felt like, you know, I felt the pressure from the guys behind. And, um, you know, I just kind of both tuned in on, you know, what I was going to do. And, you know, eventually, you know, like three, four laps in, I started to really feel more of a groove and I was able to pull away from, uh, you know, Bryce and Jeffrey, you know, a couple seconds, give me some breathing room. And I was able to maintain that for a while. And then usually if like, I would say around three, three laps to go, I, I started to feel like more fatigue and I would have to like drop my time a little bit. And, um, I felt those guys starting to pressure me again. And I would, you know, mentally just tell myself like, you know, keep doing one more lap, stay, stay in the spot, one more lap. And then I'd finish that lap and I'm like, let's do one more lap, you know? And because, uh, you know, that like, I guess racing that it would feel like, me like doing a race, like maybe like a week of training, like where I came off the off season and I haven't like rode or anything for a week. And then I would go right into racing that week. It, it, you kind of feel like almost like you weren't ready, but you're out there to try and mentally give it everything you got, you know? And, um, I felt a lot of, a lot of pain and a lot of, uh, like exertion, you know, exhaust, I was like exhausted, even the first moto. And like, I think one thing that I was very happy about the way I recovered, like I recovered very fast where like, usually I'd say it'd take me, you know, you know, all of an hour to, to start feeling more like I, I really got myself ready to go for this next moto. And I would say like within a half hour, I was like, well, like, you know, I recovered well, I'm going to, I'll be all right. This next moto, <laughs> and, you know, that was, that was a good feeling to have. Did, did you do anything different than you normally would do as far as, um, any vitamin intake or fluid intakes, maybe more massage, anything like that? No. Um, 
like basically just trying to get the fluids in. I ate a little, you know, I had a little bit of food, which, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. I would say I just kind of, you know, I didn't think about it a whole lot and I didn't like try to like, you know, be like, Hey, like, you know, what, uh, what am I going to have to do to get, get myself ready and all that. And it, it actually, I think that helped where I didn't like overthink it. I just did what I've always done. And, um, you know, being more like, um, I guess like aware of what, what I was going to do and try not to make it a big deal. Is that one of the kids? Yeah. Yep. That sounds, that's, that's great. Yeah. Yep. How old is, how old is she? She is, she just turned two. Wow. January. Yeah. That's awesome. My grandson's one one of my grandsons turns three, um, the 23rd okay. of, of this month. And the, the last of my grandkids turns three, the, uh, in June. So that's awesome. I have a, yeah. a cool story for you um, to share. Uh, we went down to see my cousin. He lives in Fort Lauderdale and um, we did that this weekend and both my kids loved to swim and they had a swimming pool and um, like my, they, they both did like the survival, the, you know, uh, survival classes and stuff like that. Learn how to basically, if they fell into a pool or, or water, they could, you know, survive and how they do it. They fall in and they would, they go right to their back and kind of float. And like my son, he can go in the pool and we can just let him go and we can just sit on the edge and watch him. And my daughter, um, she just started her classes again. And she, um, she's been doing that for about three weeks now, four weeks. And we were sitting there like along the pool. I was in, in the pool with her and she was doing really well. And eventually both Danica and I got out and both of the kids were just playing in the pool. And my daughter was jumping off the edge and jumping in the pool, fully submerged, get back up. She would go to her back float. And then she'd go to her stomach and then paddle and go to the edge and pull herself up on the edge. And she's only two years old. So I was like that, like that is a very cool moment with uh, both of our kids, you know, that we feel like we can, we don't have to be in the water with them and they can both play together and, and uh, not have to worry about them drowning, you know, at, at, you know, you know, obviously you keep an eye on them, but they can both like take care of themselves if nothing crazy happens. It just goes to, goes to show that children are sponges and they learn so well. And if you teach them, they're going to be okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's a uh, very cool to see that they have that, they have that in them. I want to ask another question about your conditioning. I know you, you've trained super hard in the off season and you were talking about the little bit of training that you did before you got to get on the quad again. Um, how extensive did your road biking and your mountain biking get? I mean, were you putting in, you know, the miles that you would normally put in? Um, like, I guess I would, I definitely like try to put in the miles, but maybe like the intensity wasn't there because of, you know, being able to have the strength in your arm to like, you know, like whether it's like a standing pedal or like carving up trails that I was doing, but like, it was, a, it was at like a good 80% of like my ability, I would say, you know, just be in that comfort zone. But like, 
a lot of my stationary biking was like, I was more bumping that up where I didn't have to worry about, you know, having a, a get off on it, you know, that early in my recovery. Right. And, you know, and then eventually I, I went to like a rower, uh, you know, after I did mountain biking and the rower was going to help me, you know, really try to get my strength back in my, in my shoulder. So I've been using that a lot and I'm back to strength, you know, my full strength training now of, you know, trying to rebuild the strength in my bummed up shoulder. How, what's your, what's your pain level now when you train? Uh, I mean, I'm still like, you know, I'm, I'm able to do like push-ups now and planks and stuff like that. So it's, it's not like I'm, you know, throwing up a ton of, you know, a ton of those, but I'm, I'm being very like aware of if I do it too fast or too, you know, too aggressive that I'll feel like, you know, I'll feel some like, like pinching and stuff like that in my shoulders that, you know, because I haven't used that, that muscle like that for, you know, quite a while. So I got to be, I'm very aware of, you know, how hard I push. And once I get past that threshold, then, you know, I know where my limit is. That's, that's outstanding that you're that aware. Um, so we go, we roll into the second moto and you led laps. <laughs> I know I came out of that start. I gated really well. Um, I had a really good gate. It was quite funny. Like, um, first moto Joel pulled the whole shot from the gate that, uh, that he, so the gate that he went into the first moto and pulled the whole shot, he ended up choosing the gate that I was in for the second moto. I'm like, and I told him like, right. When he did that, I'm like, Hey, like, thanks for your gate. <laughs> it was to the outside. But I also knew that the way that turn was like the inside got pretty tight and the outside, you kind of flow around it and carry a little bit more speed, but you had to be like one of the first two to the turn to be able to do that. And, um, you know, once I came out of that gate and I had Bryce to the inside of me and I didn't feel anybody to the outside of me, I knew that, you know, I was going to be able to sweep this turn unless, you know, Bryce did drive in, you know, deeper than I figured he was. And he, he checked up early and I, you know, drove around that outside and I was able to carry more momentum and get past them. And then I'm like, you know, when I'm out front, I'm like, all right, I am now leading this race. I want to go for it, but I'm going to be like, I'm going to try and give it one lap to go for it. Try to get a little bit of a gap from these guys. And then, you know, once I did that one like heater lap, I, I made sure that, I wasn't going to put myself into too big of a, a hole of like, you know, exposing myself of not having that much energy and, you know, petering out towards the end of the race. So I kind of fell into my pace and then Joel uh, came up on me and pressured me. And I knew, like, I knew for a fact that I, they, he wasn't the guy that I was racing that day. And I know, like, I know how tough it is to win them when, when I, when I am feeling on my game. So I just kind of let him go and I tried to tag along with him for a little bit and, and try to pick up on some things that he was doing and against him, what I was doing and, you know, was able to carry a pretty good pace, even like it kind of mirrored the, the first moto. Like I was able to, you know, bridge a gap pretty good, like a good two, three second gap, you know, and carry that till three quarters away to the moto. And then I'm like, all right, well, 
I'm starting to get tired. My, my legs are fatiguing. My arm is shot. And I took like a rest lap with like three laps to go. I kind of took a lap to try to catch my breath. And, you know, I knew that Bryce was coming. I could hear him. And I was like, well, like, I'm not going to be able to fight him off if I am trying to keep up this pace the whole time. So uh, he got up to me and I felt him. And, you know, once I felt that, I was like, I'm going to try and like scoot away from this guy and get away from him. And I got that next lap. I had about almost two second gap on him. And I knew that, you know, I kind of broke like broken mentally because, you know, I know what it's like to catch somebody and then they pull away from you. It's like, Oh, like it hurts you mentally because you're like, I got to do all that again. And, and like, I think what also helped me is that he was starting to get pressure from Jeffrey that his mind went away from me and it was all about protecting his spot. So I, you know, with me, I couldn't have scripted up, you know, much better day than what I did, you know, three weeks after, you know, what had happened. The, um, your mechanic, uh, Michael bird, uh, sent me a message that, uh, he's never been more proud of you than at that moment when you came off the track to see you smiling and happy and you'd have thought that you just won the championship. Um, because the, the, the way that everybody way of the team was feeling in the, and where you thought you were going to come out and where you did come out was totally different. And, uh, he was just elated with your drive and the desire to win. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can agree with his, his statement there just being, you know, we knew that coming in, it was going to be tough and I'd have to, we'd have to all work together and dig deep throughout the day. And, you know, I was proud of like the, the grit that we brought and, you know, we both, we both had a, we were both in a mentally a good place that we were going to go out there and, you know, and, and try and, and be on the box. And, and then I'm finishing, you know, set you know p2 on the day and i pulled a whole shot second moto led some laps and uh you know i told him like man this this is not over yet we're we're gonna keep battling and that's all we can do and he's on board with that and we're gonna you know continue to to scratch and claw and see if we can uh try to pull off a good streak of wins here sometime soon exactly that's that's what it's all about so let's have a little fun here Unfortunately, in Gatorback, there was a situation that took you and Joel out of the front runner spot, and we had a new winner and a new points leader when you left Gatorback for the first time in 12 years. <laughs> yeah. When you think about that, that you and Joel have been have been dominating those one, two positions for 12 years. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's hard to believe, and you know, we I think the sport's been needing that. They've been needing that uh, that change of, you know, the two of us. I know if I were a fan of this of of A two motocross, that you know you'd want that, and you know, as much as I want it to stay the same of you know myself running up front and winning championships, I I I understand and I agree that it needs to. We need to have five or more guys that can go out and win these races and make it very interesting and fun, like 
not not fun to uh, not that it's not fun to watch, but make it more unpredictable. And I thought it was cool that you know Bryce got his first win, and you know I made sure that I called him and congratulated him because that is a big deal, and it's something that hasn't been done for quite a long time. And uh, you know, hopefully that I mean seeing like uh, you know Bryce and Jeffrey the way that they've been able to step up their game this year, and you know, it's definitely showing that they're, they're getting themselves close to, you know, being up there, mixing it up with us every single weekend. And, you know, even sometimes they can, they can make it happen and they can be up there with us. And um, yeah, I mean, that was a perfect opportunity for uh, a different rider to, to win. And then also as early enough in the season that they took over the points lead. And that is a big deal. I know, I know how big it is to carry that red plate and, you know, the pride that you have to do it. And it's a, it's a good feeling. Yeah. I, I, the way you talk about it, it I can see the, the passion and the emotion there with you. It, it was a, a great moment for the ATV uh, motocross because so many fans wanted to see this. And now I think Jeffrey and Bryce and a couple of the other guys see that it's obtainable. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Jeffrey has a resurgence, you know, uh, he's a veteran and he's riding like a young, you know, second year, third year pro right now. And Bryce came off an incredible 2022 and he's full of energy and faster than ever as well. Yeah. Yeah. You see both of them have a, that bit of fire and I'm, I'm pretty sure that we're going to see some other riders that are going to probably start mixing it up with them as well. Maybe they need a, a little more time to get either their fitness right or their machine set up. Right. And, you know, you're seeing those two guys try to go after that third place spot and they're kind of dropping the rest of the pack. And it's going to be fun to see who else can step up. Well, you top five is you, Joel, Bryce, Jeffrey, and Janusa seem to be so far the top five um, mm-hmm. as we roll through this. Unfortunately, Zach got injured, which uh, he posted a um, injury update video. I didn't get to watch it yet, but um, Zach, if you listen, you know, get well, reach out. Uh, we hope that you're getting getting all the care that you need, and we'll be back soon. Yeah, for sure. What happened to him? And hopefully he's in a good uh, mental state to return to racing here soon. Right. Yeah, I hope I hope so too. Because he was he was on fire. You know, he yeah. was doing really well. Yeah, he was in a position for the podium as well. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, I know when I was circulating that first moto and. You know, I saw, you know, there was, you could almost throw a blanket over that, that top three, you know, that, that whole moto. So they, that good form. I, I guess Jeffrey and Bryce changed positions quite a few times with Bryce coming out on top. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get to see a whole lot of like position changing. I just saw, you know, I saw Jeffrey out front a lot. And then eventually I saw Bryce, you know, towards the end of the race and, so it, was, it looked like a really good race and <laughs> I wish I could be a part of it, but, uh, you know, it was, it was a fun one to watch. 
You know, uh, I'm going to just say this. The professionalism that you show always is above and beyond. And I am so glad that you and Joel had the conversation amongst you two, that you two know what was said and that anybody else, the spectators or anybody else in the pits, they don't need to know because you two are, are extreme champions and you guys have to have a positive relationship with each other. And for me in the situation that I'm in and the experience I have, I think that it's pretty amazing that, that you two had that conversation and realize that you're both professionals just trying to feed your families. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like you said earlier, you know, we're not, I wouldn't say that we're sending each other, you know, holiday cards or birthday cards or anything like that, but you know, we're both, you know, we're both competing against each other at a high level and, you know, we both want to win and there's only one of us that can do it. And I feel like after we're done, after maybe I'm done racing or both of us are done racing, like, I think we're going to have like really good conversations together where we share a lot of that same, those same moments together. And, you know, a lot of these guys that we race with, they, they, they would hear me say that, but they might not get it. You know, a lot of things that we go through. So it's, um, it's something that we, we get, we can share together. I know when maybe we, when we take the boots off, but you know, we respect each other and you know, that's, that's what most important. And you know, we're going to race each other hard and try to go home in one piece. Exactly. Exactly. Chad, I want to thank you so much for your time. I know that you're with your family right now, and I really appreciate uh, you giving me uh, the opportunity to talk with me. Um, I know that there's a ton of people that want to hear this story and hear how your recovery went, um, whether they're fans or not. There, There is a lot of people that have asked questions and I can't answer them because unless I have the conversation with you and now I'm just going to, uh, this is going to be available tomorrow or on Tuesday. Um, just so that, you know, we're not, we're not waiting to hold it. We're just going to publish it tomorrow. So. Uh, that's awesome. Leonard, I had a great time. I'm actually going to share a really, probably a, a really cool story. It's probably not, it's probably frowned upon a little bit, but I'm going to share it. So, um, I figured out that I was going to fly to, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I flew out the Monday night before my operation. I flew up there, stayed in a hotel right by the hospital. And then I went into operation the next morning around 830 in the morning. And I told my doctor, I'm like, Hey, like, I'm going to fly up solo. I'm going to get my operation. And then I'm going to fly back home that same night. So I I did that. I recovered really well out of recovery from my operation. Everything went smooth. I got, a um, um, Logan Tremellen, uh, from Tremellen media house. He, he lives about a half hour away. He came and picked me up. We went to lunch and shortly after that, he took me to the airport and I hopped on a plane went, and I flew back, uh, to Orlando and I went back to Disney <laughs> and <laughs> another day at Disney with some friends and my, and my family. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, they're like, like, man, I don't think you're supposed to fly. Like after you have an operation like that. And I'm like, well, like I felt well enough. And like, I didn't know I was going to feel that well, but I was like, as long as I get on that airplane, I'll be fine. <laughs> and and the, the, the doctor and the anesthesiologist were okay with that. My doctor was, I don't think my anesthesiologist, I told my anesthesiologist that 
what I, that's what I was planning to do. So like, try not to like overdo me, you know, and really get me too drugged up. I might go light if anything, but, um, like I informed them, but they like both of them suggested they're like, ah, it's kind of tight to be able to do that, you know, in the same day. And man, it couldn't have gone more perfect. Like I didn't have like pain on the pain on the airplane ride and have plane any more pain until I got to, uh, to my motorhome where we were camping at Disney and I tried to lay down for bed and I was like, I was freaking, I was so miserable that first night. And, uh, you know, every night from there, it got better and better, but man, uh, just to think about like that whole, like four days and what went into it was, it's kind of cool. And I, uh, I didn't slow down very much, you know, life, life's life as well as much. And I kind of, you know, took it as, you know, yeah, as a little bump in the road, but I wasn't going to change, you know, what I had, what we were, what we were doing. That's pretty awesome stuff right there. Um, PA, are you pre- prepared and ready for it? Well, I'm getting there. Um, been, been riding quite a bit and get trying to get back to my form. Like I feel, you know, more and more comfortable every single day. I feel like we're going to be fighting a lot more for that top spot. I hope that, you know, I still have, you know, over a week and a half till we go race again. I'm just hoping that I keep progressing as much as I've been. And, um, you know, I think my biggest thing is like, I'm getting my strength back and now like I'm trying to get like that combination of that strength and endurance where I can ride that pace, the whole, the whole moto. And, um, I'm getting there, I'm getting there for sure. So I'm hoping that we can come out and, you know, rip a, a couple good starts. That'll be a, a good start to the weekend. I know for me that's that sounds good brother i can't wait i can't wait even though i can't be there the, i'll be watching social media intently to, to see how it's all breaking out yes sir well thanks a lot again thank you again chad i really appreciate it the team here at atv talk would love your feedback please email us at hello at atv San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. If you're in need of a consultation for your current racing program, a custom ATV, or an industry guest speaker, I have the company for you. Duncan Technologies International Inc. offers host, MC, and guest speaking services at events. Builds custom ATVs for recreational riding or racing around the world. And they offer consulting services for professional teams or individual racers. Send inquiries to Duncan Tech International at gmail.com or call 619-716-1532 for more information. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, don't forget to share us with your family and friends. The podcast is available on all streaming platforms and you can find us on social media as ATV Talk Podcast. We're on Instagram, 
Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, and Twitter.